Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to the third and final part of this week's episode where I'm stomping with Rian Sugden at Entwistle Reservoir. When you think of summer, you probably cast your mind to sunny countryside stomps, long nights, alfresco dining and sipping cocktails with friends at a barbecue. And you'd be bang on with that. However, no matter what you're doing or where you are this summer, it's important to keep hydrated, which is why I'd like to introduce you to our sponsor this week, Harrogate Spring Water. The Harrogate Spring Water ethos is to drink life in. And so they're encouraging us to make the most of summer with their mindful drinking mission. So, to help us consume our cocktails a little more carefully, Harrogate Spring Water have created their mindful drinking hub. Myself and the much-loved celebrity bartender, Merlin Griffiths, have teamed up to join Harrogate on their mindful drinking mission. We've brought together my tips and advice for mindful drinking and Merlin's delicious alcohol-free Harrogate cocktail recipe together to make sure it's a summer to remember. So thank you to Harrogate Spring Water for helping us celebrate a bit more mindfully to get the most out of this summer and for sponsoring this week's episode of the Stompcast. Don't forget to head over to Harrogate Spring Water's Mindful Drinking Hub at www.harrogatespring.com forward slash mindful drinking hub or click the link in the show notes. You mentioned a little bit earlier around IVF and if you're happy to kind of have a chat about it, I, I'd like to talk to you because it's a real challenge for for people that are looking to ha- have children. We kind of romanticise pregnancy in, yeah. in, in, in many cultures and it's hard. You know, and I, I've worked in OBS and Guiney and stuff and I've seen mums who've, you know, gone through rounds of IVF to, to, to fall pregnant. It's hard on people, isn't it's it? It's so hard. It's like, hard why is people. having babies so hard? It, it, when you it, grow up, you spend all this time trying not to get pregnant. <laughs> and then when you want to get pregnant. And it, I think a lot of pressure is put on people because, again, it's, it is shown as this, like, of course, you know, a woman, you must be able to have babies. And, you know, we tie so much around it. And I yeah. think a lot of that actually is very unfair. And we also make out it's really easy to have a baby, and it's not always on paper. The case. That's what they—that's what it is, isn't it? Marriage, babies, live happily ever after. So I don't know whether I was conditioned into thinking that that's what I need. Now I'm kind of thinking, is that what I want? Mm-hmm. Because I have a very good life without children. But as soon as I was told that I might not be able to have them, I was like, well, I need it now. Should we talk about IVF and what it is? What, what, are you happy to talk a yes. little bit about the kind of process? Like, how, how did you hear about it? How did you? How do you start the process? So we were obviously trying for about two, three years, myself and my husband, not me and you. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, that's, that, we can definitely confirm that one. <laughs> and it, it just wasn't happening. And he was on antidepressants at the time. So I thought, oh, it must be him. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's had a bit of a part to play in it. And we went for some checks. We paid privately to go for some checks. And it turned out that it was me with the problem and he was absolutely fine. Uh, I've only got one functioning ovary, which automatically halves my egg pool. And they just said, because of my age, 
which I don't think I'm that old, but I think 35 you're classed as a geriatric. It, it's not a very good term to use, it's but not, yes, that's it? what they. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know why we changed that. <laughs> I really think we should change that. Um, yes, you're not geriatric. They're all old. I can tell you that. So, yeah, it just stemmed from there. So we we've had four rounds so far, and it's been a hell of a slog. When was your last round? Uh, last round was end of last year, but I did say after after the last round I can't do it again. And what happens when you have IVF? You basically get given a lot of injections which are hormone related to try and stimulate egg growth mm -hmm. um, in obviously your yeah, ovaries yeah. and then they put you to sleep extract as many eggs as they can fertilize them and then pop them back in that's a simple term yes that is a <laughs> that very, is a very a simple term, term. Um, and i think because it's broader in the scope that we'll talk about here but in the show notes we'll put a link for for information for people listening because i think in the past it's, there's been questions on ivf and, and private and nhs what is the situation at the moment in terms of what you can have on the nhs so it depends on your postcode our postcode we got one round for free whereas i know some people not that far up the road from me get three three rounds that's back tough, isn't it? i don't know how they pick it's a postcode lottery i think that's tough isn't it because how is it any different how is way? it any different how is it any more or less not valuable i don't know if that's the right way but i don't know how they work it out um but we got one round on the nhs and then we've done three paid for um does that add pressure to it not, not necessarily like finances but in terms of like once you've had more rounds is it do you feel a sense of pressure are you or are you kind of like look, it's just exhausting it's it's one of those things where you... So every time they've gone in to get my eggs after the injections, I've only ever got one, whereas some women can get 12, 14 eggs. I've only have, ever had one egg, and it's fertilised, and it's been a grade A egg. So it's been perfect, yeah. but it just hasn't stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe there's only a 50% chance of it sticking. That's, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just one of those things. So because I've always got the perfect egg... I kept thinking, well, let's go again. Surely the next one's going to stick. And it just, it just hasn't been working. But it's, it just takes its toll on your body. The, the amount of hormones, it sends me wild. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, I mean, they, they inject you with a hormone that is obviously stimulating. Yeah. You are stimulating the follicles uh, to produce. So we've got... So it's like PMS to, times to use. Yes. 10. Yes. So reading the third part, we're going to talk a little bit about how you're supporting yourself at the moment through IVF and what's your toolkit for life really. But for those listening, if you want to find more about in vitro fertilization or IVF, check out the NHS website. But essentially they support the person who wants to fall pregnant to essentially have a fertilized egg that then they continue with their pregnancy with. So essentially you stimulate the follicles, you, you get a, a number of eggs that then are fertilized uh, externally and then are placed as you said is a very simple way of Fired saying it back but, in. yeah but to basically <laughs> place the egg into the womb and then the plan is from there that the, the, the that would implant and then you'd go on to have a pregnancy uh, as normal and this is to support people who are unable to fall pregnant organically now depending where you are IVF is recommended at different stages but we'll put information uh, via a link in the show notes uh, to NHS advice basically around that We've kind of gone through a lot of different stuff, haven't we? We've talked about phobias, we've talked about therapy, we've talked about IVF, OnlyFans, we've had the right, a right mix of things. And I think that leads us quite nicely into, well, saying a lot's going on for you in your life. You've got a lot of good things, a lot of things that are challenging in your life. 
And I'd like to find a bit more about how you kind of get through it all, because stomping is clearly an important part for you, as it is for many people, but what else is it that gets Rian through life? Well, good question, Alex. Good question. What gets me through life? Food. <laughs> um, no, what gets me through life? I don't Food's know. Food's a good answer. I, I, I mean, what would we do without food? What would we do without food? What's your favourite food? Oh, a Sunday roast with all oh, the trimmings. Oh. Is that because we're recording this on a Monday after a Sunday? Did you have a roast I yesterday? I didn't have one yesterday, oh, actually. I love a roast. Too hot for a roast now. It is too hot for a roast. If I could have a Christmas dinner weekly, I would. Are there things in your life that, that are tonics for you? I don't, I'm not one of those people that has like an addictive personality, so I don't go to smoking, I don't go to drinking or anything like that. I try and use my mind to focus on different things, to deal with different elements going on in my life. Like recently my mum's, well, got diagnosed with cancer, but she's, we've cured her. Not we, but yeah, no, we'll... the NHS, it's, she, she's been cured and it's great. And I think since that's happened and I've realised how fragile life can be, and life's too short, that's kind of given me a different mindset on things to try and enjoy the moment now, um, which I struggled to do a lot, again, with the phobia, having so much going on in my head with the IVF and other problems. I'm trying to use that now to just think of, and enjoy the now, enjoy this here. It's a great point around actually getting through life is actually just realising that the now is all we have. Yeah. One of the best, I mean, a book that I said this before, it changed my, it changed my life really, is reading um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it's actually quite a spiritual based book and they pull religion into it, or he pulls religion into it in certain aspects. But the thing that I take away from it is actually, if you, if I wasn't Alex for a moment and disappeared and I came back and I was put in the body of Alex and this is your life, this is what you've got to do, this is all the good stuff and bad stuff, you've got the now when you've got onwards. Yeah. That's all you'd focus on. That's you wouldn't come in and on. be like, right, I'm worrying about yesterday's problems and gosh, I was embarrassing at the party last week or I did this wrong or that wrong. All you'd focus on is the now because you just, this is all you have. And that is actually all we have. Like the, the future and the past is all just in the mind. But I don't think you appreciate the now until unfortunately you've had a traumatic experience. Like if you've lost somebody or if someone's had like a, a near-death experience or such a bad illness, then you think, oh my God, like that could have been it. So I think having that happen with my mum has made me really think, wow, this we really need to appreciate. And has it made you kind of appreciate Yeah, definitely. More? I'm doing more now, whereas I'd sometimes spend weekends just binge watching Netflix and just hiding away. For what? Do you know what I mean? There's so much more to life than just spending a nice sunny weekend on Netflix. I mean, that is, can be a nice way to spend time It can time be as well. nice, but after you've done it for a few months in a row, it's just a bit... <laughs> Especially after lockdown, we've because all done Netflix it's just, enough. You're stuck in your safe space, and that's my safe space at home, in bed with my dog. So do you try and push yourself, like, you know, in terms of people to work comfort zones and stuff like that? Has it made you... What's happened with your mum and... It's definitely made me push myself it's made you push yourself. Yeah. What do you, what, in what way? What, like what way does things really that, push things that I kept, kept putting off. Um, I enjoy writing. I do a lot of writing for different things and mental health charities and stuff like that. And I always put them, I think, oh, I'll do that another time. I'll do that another time. So career-wise, I'm pushing myself in different directions now because, like, like I keep saying it, I know it's common sense, but life is too short. The more I put it off, the less I'm going to do it. So that's just one example. And just do, trying to do something fun. I found myself just sailing through. 
and not really doing things that would make me happy. So like Alton Towers. Is that the people, but you talked about earlier being people pleaser, is that the people pleaser yeah, part of Yeah, so I do stuff that people want to do, but I'd never do anything that I want to do. So last weekend, went to Alton Towers, had the best time. Do you know, just things like that, just things that make me genuinely happy, that, that release the good endorphins. And I'm, I'm doing that more now. And that's definitely since my mum's had the cure. And I'm like, right, we need to start living now. We need to do things. Well, I'm glad your mum's doing okay, and obviously, all wishes to your, you know, best wishes to your mum. Yeah, but I think you... she was the same. Like, we just get stuck in a rut. Uh, don't is she, is, does, has she changed since the diagnosis? Slightly, is yeah. I think she doesn't. Think, it doesn't feel real for her yet, because of the last 12 months, it's been pretty full on for her. But she's still because we only found out two weeks ago that she got the all clear, oh, so she's still yeah. getting her head round. Well, it. it's a trauma to get through in itself. If you had to go back as a ten-year-old, Rian, what would you? What would be your advice for life? What would you say with what you, having said all we said about going back into your own body? But what would you say to yourself? Oh, what would I say to myself? Um, maybe not to take things so personally. That's one of my biggest issues. I think you could say one thing to me now, and I could go home and I'll be thinking about it later. I'd be like, oh, what do you mean? Well, I can say I think you're. I think you're a very lovely person. That's I think nice. that you're sensitive but kind. Um, and I have enjoyed going on a stomp with you. So I hope that's the main thing you'll take away. Yeah, I hope so. But you know what? Do you take things personally? I do. I'm a very sensitive person. I'm, I'm incredibly sensitive. I'm naturally an introvert. Um, and I think that sometimes goes hand in hand, being sensitive. Yeah. Like I will overthink things and worry about things. And yeah, it, like... I wouldn't change who I am, and I'm sure that was you, like your sensitivity. I see sensitivity as a superpower. I see it as, su- as this a superpower. This is what I say to my all the time. It's a superpower. And it's like all superpowers. There comes a responsibility with it. Also, becomes a pressure, and also has a negative side. Like nothing is entirely good in the same way as most things aren't entirely bad. And for me, the sensitivity is more about controlling it. It's learning to go, Alex. I yeah. can't control this anymore, or this is inside my sphere of influence, outside of it. It is what it is, and I, I, that's a saying I keep saying, and it's it's what helps me. Yeah. It is what it is, and I talk. You know, I, when my brother died, I said to my mum, "Look, we need to stop worrying about everything because you know the things we worry about are often the things that don't come and bite us on the arse. Yeah. It's the thing on a Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock when you're not worried about anything at all. You get a phone call and you get told about something that you didn't even see coming, and I think that's what my mum said about what happened with Theo, is that you spend your whole life worrying about things happening, about mortgage, about you know these different things. And the worst thing that could ever happen to you is the thing that you never thought was even on the radar. Yeah. And it actually, for me, has taught me that lesson as, of whatever. You know, I'm doing my bike test right now. I'm not saying being like- Are you? Because, uh, and I passed, for people listening, I'm currently past my mod one. I've got the mod two to do. Hopefully by the time you hear this episode, that'll all be done. Um, because I'm kind of like, you know, live your life. Kind of like you said, Alton Towers. I mean, not saying about being reckless or just, you know, I clearly want to look after my health. I think it's very important, but live your life. Yeah, it's too short. And that's, that is, I know there's so, there's so much I want to, like, I really want to, after all the IVF stuff, I've said it for years, I'd, I'd really love to train up as a midwife. And I've been having conversations the last few weeks, actually, with my husband, that I think I'm just going to, in the next few years, shut shop with what I do and just go into something completely different. That That's I amazing. Think There's something incredible. So I, I think, do you know what? I mean, spent, spending a bit of time with you, I get kind of a sense, a little bit of a sense of, of who you are. And I think, you, I think you'd love it. I mean, 
it what's incredible about working in obstetrics and you know paternal care is that you know it's all about bringing new life isn't it yeah. and there's something really special about that and it's got to be so rewarding i remember doing my first c-section where the consultant basically um, got me to do the whole operation from we call it skin to skin from the first cut to baby out to the last suture in the last stitch in clearly i had a consultant with me the whole time and he, he helped me through every step it was inverted commas a straightforward one but it was just the most amazing feeling doing that and i'll always remember that moment like where i brought a life into the world so it was a very very special moment and you know, obviously, as a man, I won't experience that physiologically myself, but... But I might it's, not, but it's amazing as a female. To, yeah, and it's, but it's a way for, to be, be a part of it. Yeah. Well, that's, what, that's kind of, of what spurred me on now, since maybe I'm not supposed to have babies. Maybe I'm supposed to bring babies into the world another way. Yeah. This is how I'm trying to shift special. my mindset. And that's special. And, I, and first of all, I would say, obviously, I don't know the situation, it's, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that is the case, but even, even if you had that perspective or that was the case then what an amazing way to yeah to kind of care for for babies to bring new life into the world it's a and amazing I might get thing. my baby fixed that way you, you get your baby <laughs> fixed that way right Rian we're going to do our health fact of the week are you ready I love a fact a study into the genetics of phobias found that if a first degree relative of yours had a phobia you're approximately three times more likely to develop a phobia yourself According to the findings, if you're a twin, studies show that when one twin has agoraphobia, which is the fear of not being able to escape, the second twin has a 39% chance of developing the same phobia. Oh, wow. So basically, the connection between those around you is clearly quite strong. Is, is there anyone in the family or amongst like, friends or anything that, I'm, I mean, you mentioned a friend, anyone amongst family that's experienced phobias? Um, my mum's terrified of spiders. Like many components, I think, we sometimes think, oh, this is just eyesight, it's just happened, but they may well be genetics. Mm. Is it environmental? Is it nature nurture? I think a lot of the time it's usually a combination of the two. I think that's what we're learning now yeah. more and more as we do like research in genetics and behavioral change, physical development. It's that combination of the two. You know, like I guess like we were talking about being sensitive earlier on, like being sensitive, does that mean you're definitely going to have anxiety or that you're a warrior not necessarily mm. but it may well do in the right set of circumstances it's not like you're you know destined to have a phobia but it it's like a predisposition i guess maybe maybe there is an element of environment plus genetics that makes this happen what do you think yeah there must be because i mean mine has definitely stemmed from my childhood and people's actions around it has probably made it worse without them even knowing so it's definitely family related I think that's where mine's come from. Rhea and I can say safely that I'm sweating like a pig. Um, <laughs> I might just jump in the reservoir just to cool off and join the oh, ducks. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. It's been a fantastic stop. I've really enjoyed having a wander with you, learning a, learning about you, really. It's, it's, it's honestly been a real pleasure. And I, really, I think you're a really good company, a good stomper. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me on. Oh, I thank you. appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Rhea Sugden and well done for completing your stomp, whether this was in one part or it was in three separate parts. Doesn't matter, you got it done. If you enjoyed this, please do tell a friend about us. It really helps us to spread the word about the Stompcast and a mission of stomping to improve our body and our mind. See you next week, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 